2: You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
3: Hi, I'm Chelsea Handler. Welcome to Life Will Be the Death of Me, a production of iHeartRadio. You may know me from my shows, my TV shows, Chelsea on Netflix or Chelsea Lately or Chelsea Does Series on Netflix or any of my books. I am doing a limited series podcast to go hand in hand with my sit down comedy tour about my book called Life Will Be the Death of Me. I wrote a book about me seeing a psychiatrist for the first real time in my life and getting real about childhood trauma, loss, grief. All of the things that none of us ever really want to deal with. I dealt with them at 42 and still dealing with them now. But I have to say, I feel a lot better, a lot more grounded and a lot happier. So I just kind of want to take everybody through my journey of taking this book on the road of talking to all the different people on the road who are going to interview me in different cities. Jake Tapper's in D.C. I have Connie Britton in Austin and Dallas. And I have uh, Natasha Leone in New York. I have all sorts of fun people. And I also have my psychiatrist, Dan Siegel, who will be coming on to talk with me about me, my problems, and potentially you and yours, and how we can all kind of get better at being people. And my BFF, Mary McCormick, who uh, you may recognize her from The West Wing or from In Plain Sight, a show she was on for many years, and most recently on The Kids Are All Right on ABC. She lives 10 minutes away from me and has had to deal with my behavior for the longest amount of time out of all of my friends. So I will be starting the podcast with her. She's my best friend, and she knows all the really embarrassing stuff that didn't make the book. Thank you for um, joining us today. It sounds so, I feel like, a little bit... um, Oprah crossed with something else. Crossed that's with Gail. With Gail. And then here we are. Yep. And we're sitting here with Brandon, who is my – Brandon, how would you describe your position in, with me? Is a woman of the night?
4: Uh, yeah. I tell people we're platonic life partners.
3: So we're basically – yes, you're my assistant and my decision maker.
5: And I love that you've decided to do your first podcast with your assistant.
3: Well, he knows the most about I, me. I love it. I just love it because you
5: you admit that you don't do much without the help from an assistant. But this is sort of a yeah, new. Yeah, it was a real shock to me. Level. I found out about it. This I morning. mean, I love it. Yes. I actually think it's going to be great because you're funny and smart and you do know Chelsea sort of as well as anyone. But I also think it's an incredible completion and your journey of, I've come full of circle. just admitting that you don't want to do anything without the help from many assistants.
3: Right. So it's it's basically like it's a 360 because I started out wanting to become more self-sufficient. And in that th- like year of therapy and self-exploration, I realized that it's just better for me to have yeah, an assistant. It's
5: overrated all that independence.
3: Yes. It's best that Brandon is with close to my side. I would like him near me. Yes. Yeah, so I decided that, you know, independence is great if you've, you know, but why push it? <laughs> <laughs> why push something when I'm not good at it? And yeah. I have so many other strengths that I well, want to focus on. Right. I think That's really smart. So, Brandon, let me take you back because I know you have – how long have you been assisting me?
4: About three years. Almost three years.
3: Okay. So that's not even that long. But before that, he worked on Chelsea Lately. Were you an intern yeah, was on an Chelsea I an intern Lately? on Chelsea Lately. And and then, like when
4: you ask him,
3: was well, he? Well, I mean, I'm just confirming the story that I've heard. <laughs> so I don't know if you know how I met Mary originally.
4: On the show, no? On Chelsea uh, Lately? Yeah,
3: that's true. Yeah, I interviewed on the yeah. show and then we went to some women's event the next night. And we liked each other on the show because she was badmouthing her children and talking about how annoying they were. And I was like, I can respect that. And then we went to that like, – I forget what kind of event it was. But it was for women, about women, and how to be stronger. And it was way before I had the luxury – I don't know how to frame it. It was a time where I didn't take the, the events like that as seriously as I should have. I kind of was like, oh, God, women talking about being powerful women. It's like, just go be a powerful woman. Why do you have to talk about it all the time? That was about 10 years ago. So then she asked me if I smoked, and I said, sure. And she goes, oh, let's go out and smoke a cigarette. And I was like, OK, great. We walked outside. I handed her a cigarette. She goes, oh, no, I quit. I can't do it. But please just blow the smoke into my face. No, I said blow it into my tits. Because then it? it goes longer. I get more of it. You're describing your
5: tits as long right now? No, I'm saying I get the smoke experience for a longer period of time. Meaning, if you aim at my face, I always say aim at my boobs. But that is how we became friends. I wanted to yeah, inhale so, your secondhand c- smoke. C- c- cigarette, yes.
3: right. I think I made a comment about drinking, and you were like, cheers to that. And we were both on the same page with like having a good time and not taking you know Hollywood too seriously.
4: So this was a, a relatively quick relationship.
3: Yeah, I think – We made a dinner plan that week. Anyway, so the relationship started from there. And I would like to introduce, in order to get a full landscape of our relationship, because our lives are very different. Mm -hmm. You're a mother of three. Mm -hmm. You're married. You know, you take your responsibilities seriously. Well, yes. Right. And uh, Irish Catholic, you have a lot of, like, Catholic guilt you want to do. You like to show up and work hard and hustle and be a good person.
5: Yeah, those. Thank you. Okay. I mean, I think that's a compliment. I'm not sure. <laughs> that didn't sound like one. Yes, those are true. That's true for the most part. I don't always do that, but that's
4: my aim.
3: Brandon, would you agree with, have you noticed these things about Mary? Yes, and your I will, I've
4: observed the same things.
3: Okay, great. So Confirmed. I, I would say that these are all the things that I would think of when I think of you. Great. That's nice. <laughs> I sound pretty together. Yes, so I'm not together. I don't have a lot of response. I have responsibilities, but they're like man made, or you know, it's debatable what kind of responsibilities I have. But I don't have children, and I like to get up and you know fly away and go on trips and impromptu vacations and stuff. So I have a different lifestyle than I think you. That's have. true, but
5: I do think. I mean, I think some people have kids and they they don't have a lot of responsibility. So I don't think that just the having kids makes it meaning I think you actually do have a lot of responsibilities and you sort of do show up a lot to things. And I mean, you say you're going to be there, you're there. I mean, you get more done in one day than I do.
3: Well, I don't know if that's true, but I like to show up. When I say I'm going to show up, we're both yeah. like that. We yeah. don't like to blow things off. We're not flaky. No. Neither one of us are like that. No. And in this town, that's good because you're remi- – although we should be more flaky, I would argue, if if I, I just want to like – you know, I think you know what I'm talking about. I think I do. And I think I have to learn a stronger lesson about not saying yes to people that – are not necessary to hang out with. I do that worse. Well, I I would argue that you do it too. I though
5: think I I, th- I suffer from that more. Yeah,
3: it's people people pleasing.
5: Yes, I suffer from that. My friend Shauna calls it the Mary McCormick disease because she thinks I will like I suffer from it and will never get
3: over it. This is what I call the Mary McCormick. When I if I ever see it again, I will call it that. But I haven't because almost nobody in the world does it. Is she was at a party at a cocktail party sitting on a oh. stool. Kind of like a bar stool talking to two men, confidently. And for a long time. Like, very confidently. Legs, like, you know, in jeans, but open, like, yeah. splayed like a like, guy. Like you do on a stool. Like a guy does on a stool. That's right. Right. Well, we're guys, basically. I mean, I would say I'm more masculine than feminine, excluding these two juggernauts.
5: <laughs>
3: um, yes. And do you want to finish the I'll story? finish it. I,
5: you know, I mean, I don't know that there's that. Much relevance to this story. I don't know why. Well,
3: I just call it a Mary McCormick, and I want people to know what I'm, I'm saying. Because I'm
5: because I made a fool of myself. So I looked down after a long time of chatting. I looked down, and I saw my vagina. I mean, my button on my jeans was still done, but the actual zipper was down. So there was just a triangle of vagina, a vagina, Puba yeah, pubic hair, and also just <laughs> vagina fat, like <laughs> like a little, you know, the flesh on the vagina that can the be a pi- bit what I call the pincushion. You know what I mean. So and and it was made more like pincushion S because the jeans was forcing
3: it, you know. To, to, it to, punch, yes, like it was almost to like, poof out a bit. Yes. Like you would do something if you wanted something to be poofy.
5: I don't wear so underwear. So your vagina was peacocking. I don't wear a lot of underwear. That's correct. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Right. She doesn't wear a lot of underwear. She doesn't wear underwear. I so. wore underwear yesterday. Oh, why? I don't know. I think you get used to having a thong up your
5: asshole if you do it long enough. Right. That's like people who spin and they're like, oh, eventually you can't feel the pain in your vagina. Guess what? I don't want to lose that pain.
3: My other favorite Mary McCormick story is when she was driving to Pasadena and she carries a thermos with her long before uh, it was cool or... (laughs) was it cool? (laughs) I didn't know they got cool. I like a a coffee thermos. Yeah. And you were driving and you texted me uh, a picture or, Did I? Uh, it wasn't a picture of what happened, but can you take us through that story? I'm just doing this, this exposition know. because I want people to know the glue that keeps us together. Is this the glue? Perhaps. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that. I'm happy to share it. It's, I mean, it's, it's
5: I the, think you think this is my most humiliating story. I don't think of it that way. Right, I think of it as completely resourceful. I'm proud of myself for how I handled it. Right. I mean, it's not ideal, I wouldn't want it to happen again. I was driving and I was in traffic, but really bad LA traffic where I couldn't go left and I couldn't go right. There was nowhere to turn. I mean, the cars in front of me and backwards. And all of a sudden, I had to go to the bathroom and not number one. I had to shed.
3: A shadooby is what I call it. Yeah.
5: But it was like my stomach, for it to happen that quickly, I was like, oh, this could be anything. I mean, I don't know what nature of shadooby was going to come out because Uh I just knew that something was about to happen, either in my clothes or I guess on the side of the road. I mean, I was in, in a full panic. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't go anywhere. My hope for you would be the side of the road. But that would well, you'd my... get arrested for that. I mean, you can't just get out of your car right, and but, squat. But that's
3: my hope for you. I would like to see <laughs> Next
5: time. that image. Well, I think we already gave the story away by your lean-in. But luckily, I had my thermos. And I could see that if, the car, if my car could sort of inch up even just two more feet, there's an alleyway I could get down. I couldn't turn down a real there's no real streets but I could get down this alleyway and so I, I managed to do that like I I managed to sort of ride the curb a little and get down this alleyway. And then I pulled over and I thought what am I I have to shit but if I get out and do it in the alleyway there's windows like businesses looking down onto the alleyway I'm going to get in trouble I'm going to get arrested or caught or and I don't know how long it's going to take I mean I might be <laughs> sp- I might be squatting I don't know. And so I emptied my thermos out Whoa, the car. The coffee The and- coffee out, out of the car. And I, I took the I, – I, luckily, I have shopping bags in my car, paper – you know, grocery bags. Because you're a mom. Well, yeah, and because you should too. But anyway, and then – well, Brandon does, I'm sure. Yeah, I do. Right. So I put garbage bags on my seat, and then I took the thermos. I'm doing a turning motion with my hand because luckily it's a very thin Japanese thermos. And so the top is maybe like this, maybe – an inch or inch and a half, two inches probably wide. And I put it up to my butt, but like tight, a tight fit.
3: Inside your butt?
5: Not quite in, but definitely in adjacent, like Uh really close to in so that there could be no accident. And then I pooped into my thermos. Wow. And then I screwed the top back on. I have wipes in my car as well because I'm a mom. I always have wipes. And so, really, the whole thing was as—I mean, it was as if it never happened. I.
4: This sounds like a very easy transaction. I mean, I was
5: the only hard part was getting in the position to get the thermos, the thermos is about, you know, it's tall and thin, so getting up enough in my car to get the thermos under my bum. But I could do—I did it, obviously. And then there was a dumpster; threw the whole thing away—thermos, bags, wipes. See, I was as if it never happened. Felt great.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's almost like it's never happened. But I would feel like it would be hard to place that into the area. Like I wouldn't feel confident. Like this thermos yeah. right here, the yeti with a yeah. big opening. Yeah. Then I would have confidence. Mm-hmm. That I would think, oh, I'm going to aim in the wrong. There I was mean, no I aim. I got, I got it. I got. There's no aim. Oh, okay. I'm
5: not aiming, right. but that's
4: tricky because it's. you didn't know what sort of situation was going to come out of there.
5: I had a sense that it was not a full, big, solid action, just based on my how fast your this bodily event. reaction. Yes. Okay. I sensed that this might have a liquid quality. To it, the I feel proud of my resourcefulness and that my car has everything. I, my car has everything you need to survive. Yeah, it does. That's I mean, a mom's car.
3: Yeah, Brandon, yeah. you should have that in your car for me.
5: Just I know, in case. not just
4: my bag. I need it in my yeah, vehicle. Yeah,
3: I don't need snack bags. I need, like, you know, things that can save my life. I think the question is, is what do you do with the thermos? You know well, what I mean? Of course you throw it away. Well, I know, but I bet you there are some people that I do I did not. love that
5: thermos. It's a Japanese thermos. It's a great one. But I threw it away. I have more. It's a weird start to this. No, it's not. I mean, I just wonder why you find it. Have, and then I think, didn't I get a text
3: from you this year saying you also pooped in your thermos? No, I didn't poop. I peed in my thermos. I was visiting my uncle and I pulled over and I had to pee so badly and I just, I had to pull over on a very busy street actually and empty the thermos and then get into right. my car, put it, but the vagina, you know, like that I know how to do.
5: Also, was it this? Cause you don't, that's not a real thermos. That's enormous. This is a Yeti. This is
3: for, yeah, this is not hard to do. It's almost like a toilet.
5: I mean, that's not really a challenge. I don't know if
3: I could get a smaller thing around my vagina either. I'm not sure. No, peeing
5: would be harder because the peeing gets a little.
3: But harder than the butthole? Well,
5: this, I I aligned it quite. It was a snug alignment. Yeah,
3: we got that loud and clear all three times. She's taking a sip out of it now. Anyway, uh, Mary and my friendship has lasted a. How long have we been friends? Since Rosie was a little girl. Yeah. Like probably six months after Rosie was born. Yeah. Which is probably one of my longest lasting
5: (laughs) relationships. Actually longer. So, yeah, she's 11. So almost So,
3: and Brandon, um, you haven't been here the whole relationship time, but Mary has. And so you've seen me go through a lot of different phases as I've seen you go through, well, less probably. I haven't seen you go through many phases I would say different work experiences, but I mean like, um, you know, emotional or therapy phases. You, you know? have
5: though. I started going to therapy. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, you ago. went,
3: yeah, absolutely. And I started, started meditating
5: that. and right. you know,
3: yeah, you were the one who you started doing TM and then you re- said it really helped you. I love it. And I, yeah. And I, do you still do it every I day?
5: Do, I do. Yeah. Although my, sometimes my second meditation is like right before bed.
3: Um, and when you did that, like, I remember we would be in the Bahamas and you guys were meditating you'd go over on a hammock and come back and say, oh my gosh, I fell asleep meditating. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, how could you get so relaxed in the middle of the day? I had no understanding of it. I knew that people liked it. Brandon, do you meditate?
4: No, I try. I can't get into it. I can't stay relaxed long enough.
3: Right. Have you tried smoking pot and meditating? Kind of defeats the purpose, but it's a good gateway yeah, but, drug to get you there.
4: Yeah, and I did it for about ten minutes that time, and I forgot what I was doing, so I don't know if it really worked out. To,
3: I think forgetting what you're doing is great, but I don't know. That's I was just, just suddenly because... on
4: the floor, and I'm like, "What am I doing down here?" <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember yeah. why why I had braced myself.
3: So when I decided that, oh, I didn't think I didn't take your meditation like I didn't want to meditate myself. Like yeah. I never had that desire. No, you had a little disdain. Yeah. Well, yeah, a little, yeah. A little disdain, sure. Definitely, like. I mean, judgy, you were happy. Like,
5: I, I was happy, but I don't think you really.
3: Like, I didn't. Yeah, I. It. I didn't think I could. I thought it was good for a lot of people, but I wouldn't get anything out of it. But it's also you get this very judgmental um, feeling, at least for me, about people who went to therapy because I in this town, it's a yeah. lot of. I coupled that with mm-hmm. colonics and cleanses and kale and right. you know. Me avocados. too. What I realized is you
5: can go to therapy and still take a run. Right. Right. Like it was no shame in just saying, I need some help.
3: Yeah. So now I'm meditating every morning. You're meditating, and Brandon, you're just masturbating before you go to no, bed. No, he's every
5: getting high Today. and finding
3: himself on the floor,
5: right. apparently.
4: But tonight I'm going to go home and I'm try meditating.
3: Well, yeah, you know, I mean, don't feel peer pressure. I mean, this is one of the, uh, this is a conversation, A, that I never thought I would be sitting around having. I copy that. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, talking about meditating and no, talking we, about we've self-help. we've come a long way. We have. I mean, we are almost in our 50s. You already I are 50. I, I don't need to. I'm 44, just for the record. Yeah. I just want everyone to know what's what the deal is here, because sometimes Mary gets confused and groups mm. us together.
5: It's true, but then it, it's always comforting when people come up and say, she looks older.
3: Yeah, I mean, people will always say that about me, and I think it's because I'm so mature.
4: Getting back into the friendship, kind of where it started, did you know right away that it wasn't going to be just a Hollywood friendship that was going to last, you know, a few, like, dinner dates and then taper off? Uh,
5: No, because you don't know that, you know?
3: No, but, I mean, you do – yeah, no. I mean, because in this town, you meet people all the time, and, like, sometimes, you know, a first impression is a great impression, and then it's the wrong impression, and sometimes people are a slower burn. I mean, we were instant friends, but we we, we were just, like, you know, very similar. It could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. That's true.
4: But this friendship seems different than friendships that you have with anyone else. Like, you two together, and why do you think that is? Like, what is it that Mary does for you that her relationship has endured when others haven't?
3: What's your opinion of our relationship before I answer questions? You've seen us, like, you've seen the dynamic of our relationship and we've been friends for, like, 11-plus years and change.
4: I think Mary is kind of the way you describe what you want in a man. That I think that she... <laughs> hey,
3: now. I
5: love I do, that. I do.
4: Like, I... Mary is... How funny. Has, like, an authority to her. And I think she puts you in your place when you need it. I think, like, she tells you the truth, even if it's not going to benefit her. Like, she's that honest friend that you have that you can go to and know you're going to get a real answer. So if she thinks you know, what you're doing is garbage, but everyone else is telling you it's great, you know you can rely on that.
3: Yeah, I would say most of the time you tell me the truth. I think you try to spare my feelings sometimes, though. Like, I probably wouldn't know the get- best way to go about getting the truth, asking in a way that I think that would indicate that I don't care about the answer, maybe. I is think it, it, it depends
5: on the issue. I mean, I think there have been times where big things have happened where I say that was – Unacceptable!
3: Unacceptable! Like when unacceptable. I made our friend cry at dinner one night. We were at um, a restaurant in LA, and we went out to dinner. There was four of us. There. Yeah,
5: it was just. I mean, it was just completely unnecessary.
3: Yeah, I was really pissed at my friend, and I just kind of went off on her, and she just sat there crying, and then I left. We in a left. restaurant,
5: though, where we knew tons of. People. I was like, you could have just done that in a healthier way tomorrow. You know. So, I mean, I think, like, look, I do think we both sort of honor each other with the truth. I mean, there's been times where I've hurt your feelings and. She says it, which I value. And, you know, I have very few friends who do that. I mean, I have a handful of friends who, who say, hey, you know, when you did that thing, it sort of sucks. It sort of actually hurts my feelings. And I value it, even though it's hard to hear in the moment. I do value it because it means at least your friendship is worth that, you know, that they're not lying to you and building a presentment. and So I think we do that pretty well. I mean, I think we've gotten pretty good at that over the years.
4: Well, OK. So looking back at that instance in the restaurant, would you like... Pre-therapy and post-therapy? That was
5: pre-therapy. In fact, I would say that was probably one of the – that time period was a pretty angry time period for you. Fair?
3: Um, I'm trying to think what period of time in my life it was, but I'm sure you're right. I think it was right before you decided to – To leave E. Yeah. And I was, you know, done before it was over.
4: Yes. And when you look back on that instance, do you think that there are things that you – like now the tools that you've learned in therapy that you would have been able to – apply, or would you still just Yeah, so I wouldn't emotional?
3: do that now. No, no. no, no. I'm no not emotional way. now, like, well, like, in that way. I think
4: one of the things with therapy is you learn all these lessons, they give you all the tools, but then to actually apply them is a lot harder. Then than you wh- go out
3: and get into a fucking screaming match with a parking lot attendant after you've been meditating for 30 minutes. I right. mean, Well, you're not going to be perfect. You know, I mean, it's not, I don't think meditation or any of that, st- or
5: therapy makes you healed. It just makes you able to at least acknowledge what's going on.
4: Now, you know? you're a big believer in therapy, and when she wanted to get into it, did you... Like what? No, i What I'm, did you think? I'm
5: was thrilled, but you sort of snuck into it. Like she even, she was sort of like one of those people who gets sober but doesn't say, "I'm I'm sober now." They just are like, oh, "I'm not drinking this month," and then it's two months, and then it's six months. And I mean, I think you sort of approached your therapy the same way, like
4: because she said that she liked the way Dan explained things, and Dan Siegel, who's your, what would we call him? Your he's therapist? he's my psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. He. Is very scientific with the way he delivers information. But then months earlier, you'd gone to a hypnotist to quit smoking. So that's like a huge juxtaposition <laughs> between I want Sounds scientific. Sounds like somebody really
5: did their research no, don't for this I think that is. I think that's scientific. I mean, hypnotherapy Do you? Hip- hypno- I hypnotherapy think it works. seems
4: very L.A., like very wacky. I think there's a
5: ton of people in L.A. who probably are not actual hypnotherapists who, who – you know, it won't work. But the data's in. I mean, lots of people are change their behavior based on well, hypnotherapy. No, I'll
4: say Carrie Gaynor, who was your hypnotist, we have sent other family members there to quit smoking. And they all stick with it. So whatever he's doing works. But right. to me, it seems like wacky that, like, I'm going to go to a hypnotist for this. But yeah, but it's not a like getting your stars
5: red. No, exactly. Like right. a, she she just, didn't go, like, find out what her
3: aura palette is she
4: no we mean, have that at home already
3: ther- <laughs> what ther- is my aura palette because I don't want to go made through that the up, rest of I the day without no knowing. we do
4: she got it done on uh,
3: the Netflix about?
4: show by Megan Fox oh, they did something right. with her aura do you remember yeah, I'll have to dig I, that out yeah. of the garage please
3: let's rewatch that episode right, together when we get to home that. today All right, great. Brandon, would you say in your estimation since this year I just tried to put aside for myself and self awareness and betterment do you think that I've become better or less dependent on you
4: Definitely. I think that you have become more independent, less dependent on me in a lot of ways. But for me, it was always like I would tell you, and I think sometimes I would tell you in times where you were already frustrated, so it was hard to hear. But there's a difference in wanting to do something and being able to do something. And for me, like when I'm gone, when I'm no longer <laughs> your assistant, I want you to be able to do them. Like you should know how yeah. to do things. No, you just even if you don't want to line up
5: another person. Just Let's be reasonable.
3: I know, honestly, like you think after I'm done with, well, that's not a good way. There are I things that you, you can. Do we're doing a podcast. I thought with you. you said we were getting married.
4: This is my two weeks' notice. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: I thought you said you wanted to be, be married. We like are. We're going to be like
4: Craig and Ellen. So what are
3: you talking about? Long when term. you Move on. I thought you. wanted I'm just to be my assistant mo- forever. If when we quit, get married and we find an
4: assistant to support both of us. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> But that's what I think the difference is. And I think that you've been more willing to try and do things yourself, which is a lot of people won't do. So I think that's, you know, really positive.
1: Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause.
2: your perfect home, sweet home.
4: So, do you think, post Chelsea, you would be worried less? Like, if that were true, if what she said yeah, is true, yeah, I'm worried
5: less now. Chelsea. Period. I mean, no, post therapy, yeah, for sure, because there's a gentler reaction to everything. You know, she's she's.
4: What do you see it in the most? Do you think, with the way she responds now?
5: I just think I see it even in in. Um, I mean, she's always been inquisitive, like meeting people and stuff, but she also has a, sometimes the, if someone says something stupid or or is just a little bit boring, she used to just be like, I could see her glaze over and then I'd be like, we should go because it's going to get, <laughs> soon she'll just say oh, to God. their face, like, Construct are you serious them. with that story? Right. Like she would really, and then we'd have like an awkward exit where I'm going, hey, it's okay. Like behind <laughs> her, she's already in the car going, Mary, <laughs> you know, in the car yelling at me because I'm inside doing the apology tour. So- that, I'm, I'm less on the apology tour.
3: That's what we should call my book tour, the apology <gasps> tour. Great idea. I'm sorry, everyone. That's what I'm this s- whole podcast should be called, the Our, apology it tour. It should be called with the orange because of the orange theme of the book. Yeah. Aren't you glad I went to therapy? <laughs>
4: <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been good well, not bad.
3: But I am really glad she
5: went to therapy because I did do a lot of, um, you know, uh, in fairness to her, she didn't ask me to do it. And maybe that's my own codependent craziness wanting to be like disease. I don't know. But- I did often do like a cleanup before I would then get in the car.
4: Do you do you think that there's a way that you have responded best to therapy that you're like, okay, now I can deal with annoying people more, or
5: yeah, I mean, that's been just major... much more patient. You, you're kinder. I mean, I have to say, I think it comes from a an increased empathy level, I'm sure, which you can call it whatever you want. But it's a kinder person. It's a kind. It's a more patient person, right? So if someone is bombing on a story or a joke, or not that you were. Mean you just have you had a cutoff switch like you just would get annoyed real quick and then and then not be able to hide it right and now she has a much more you laugh at jokes that are like you're just it's a sweeter well I am stoned a lot yes and that helps yeah I mean I actually think that whatever that chemistry is probably should be working for a ton of people you know without don't use
4: cannabis right no
5: because I don't I lose my mind Mm -hmm. like it's not fun for me it's just scary. She but can't. I'm not I'm into, like, she can't smoke pot. No. She can't. She I doesn't. really think I'm dying. I think, like, it's not. I think that's not. just
4: not the right mix then. Like, well, I think just, there's, there's something you should be able to try. She's fine
3: the way she is. She doesn't need it. I needed it to cut my reaction time. <laughs> you know what just I mean? Slow you down. Or add reaction time. <laughs> I do think it adds. I
5: mean, I do think it's a love drug. It's a nice, it's, you know, people on pot aren't beating each other up. They're, right. they're kinder to each other. So I
3: think uh, in
5: that respect, I'm all for it.
3: Okay, so, oh, I have an idea. Let's talk about where we started, when when I started writing this book, where you and I, where we started after the election to where we are now. Okay. Let's talk about that. And Brandon, feel free to chime in. Do you want to start? Well, I mean, we
5: could start by just saying that we had different expectations of the election.
3: Yeah, okay. I
5: was sure Trump was going to win. And I was sure that he was not. Right. And you watched at my house— Yes. With all my girls, and we had champagne on, because I was hoping I was
3: wrong. Champagne and tears. We had,
5: well, well, before the tears, we were all, it was a long night. And we had a lot of women. not. My I think my sister had flown in.
3: Yeah, Bridget was and there. And maybe
5: my mom, no, not my mom. But anyway, there was a bunch of women and three little girls who had campaigned for her and stuff. So it was a pretty painful night. I mean, for everybody, but in our house, particularly painful, because then I had to try to explain to them that we just elected a known sexual assaulter and how to make sense of that you know, it was awful that night, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was really bleak. It was and dark. And then for
5: days after, I think there was a real shock and a lot of crying. And and then I think something happened with you, which was really great. I'm going to take a hit
3: off my vape pen. Oh, that's
5: great. But I do think what was great about that time is that you, I mean, instead of just, at first we had like a little mourning period. And then I think you just saw it as a, a chance to be part of the solution and not comment on, on it from the sidelines. Like your show had been for years that it's commentary, right? It's like your point of view about things that are happening. And for the first time, I thought, I think you sort of were like, well, maybe I can be part of the thing that's actually happening, the solution. And when you started going to colleges, I think, and talking to young people, and
3: yeah, that was, I think that was really meaningful for you. Well, that college it was time. meaningful for me. I think also because I had to figure out a way to talk to conservatives without screaming, which was my only way to communicate for so long. So I had to figure out how to have discourse that was effective instead of just being at a 10 and outraged because I realized you're not getting anybody to listen to you in that way. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why I think it linked nicely with the therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, the timing was appropriate. Yes. Because yeah. that was my initial thing to go into therapy was how do I learn to not be so, you know, not to be so loud about my anger and my I outrage. Think
5: yeah. and I, And I think that part of that was Trump. And also at the time... I remember before therapy, you had expressed to me, like, am I just hated? Am I, you know, like you had had arguments with more than one, a few people, right? And you had had sort of like, or not arguments, but you were just like, oh, I felt that person do this. Or Uh, you were really concerned about my image. Yeah. I remember we had that one conversation in my driveway sitting in a car. And I had said, there is something about the fact that none of the people I knew who were your friends when we met That you don't speak to any of them, Mm -hmm. and that's something to look at. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was still there, and and others as well, but there was a bunch of people who had right who were just gone.
3: Okay, um, how do you think I'll die, Mary? I don't think you'll ever die. Okay, you want to be kept alive. You want to be frozen. I don't want to. Yeah, so I'm one of those people that. So Brandon, yeah. write this down for both of us because this okay. is important information for you to know. She wants to yeah. be kept alive no matter what.
4: Yeah. You be no cryogenic? matter. Oh wait, are when you be saying? T-
3: when they tell you I'm brain dead?
5: I don't want you to unplug. Okay. She wouldn't want to live like this. Yes, she would. Okay.
4: You but know then, when people
5: say that, I want to live like
4: that. So let's say after the fact, say that the plug has been pulled. We do better you not want, get pulled. Do you want your brain kept?
5: Everything. Yeah, yes. You, I want okay. everything kept. But don't even pull the plug. She'd rather be a vegetable for the I'd what rather have right. bed sores for the rest of my life, flip me, sponge me down. I don't and care. And for what reason?
4: Are you because just like I, if the chance ever science, is yes, how it's moving
5: so fast? Don't unplug me. Never unplug me. Michael can get remarried. You all can get a, you can get a new best
3: friend. You can forget about me. Don't visit. I don't care, but don't unplug me. Okay. And then she's hoping that stem cell research or whatever will come around it in will. time to resurrect her body and when Look that happens doing. she's ready to rumble. Yes.
4: And you're the exact opposite. I want to be put to down go. if
3: I get diagnosed you'd with like any fatal. You'd like to be put down now. Yeah, I'm tired and I'm I would be totally fine if I died tomorrow. So, it would be a joyous, wonderful experience. I would be excited to get onto the I next I am excited phase. about the sleep. Yeah. And death, that seems. What would you like us to do with your body, Brandon? Uh, do you have any specific instructions?
4: Uh, stuff me and just put me in a chair at your house.
3: Oh, you just want to? Yeah, sit I just want to be with you okay. indefinitely. Uh huh. That sounds very, very gay. Mary, what's the worst thing that you've seen me do? Mm. I'm trying to think of the worst thing I've seen you do. I'm thinking that thermos shitting story is pretty much the worst, but I think I'm so proud I, you think of that. of that as a liberation. I, no,
5: I think of it as as Resource- resourcefulness, yeah, as like, God damn it, like I can get out of it, yeah, screen. maybe
3: I'm associating too much shame with taking a shit in your car, and I think I'm not proud of that part, but I mean, I would rather that not happen. It was
5: uncomfortable, but it was like yeah you I nailed pants. it I nailed it right, I mean, I could have gone to a meeting afterwards, I was so it, it went so well, so I don't find that. I don't know, the worst thing you've ever done...
3: I would say my most humiliating experience. I have an, a humiliating experience that okay, she so was that's at. That's different than worse. But I talk was, to me about that. Uh, we were at that Kevin Huvein's CAA party, you, yeah. and I was in a blackout. But it was because you were on a crazy diet. Well, right? I've been in a plenty of blackouts that I don't have a diet to blame. But, but yeah, this one was, I was on that
5: because I haven't seen you drunk like that. Like I've never. You always walk out of parties. Like even if you even if you yell at people on the way out, right. And I'm behind you apologizing. You do. Walk out. This was like, I've never seen anything like it. And it was because you were on that HCG diet. Yeah. So just on a really, really low calories, almost no eating, plus a shot.
3: Yeah, I was doing that shot into my thigh, like a pregnancy, HCG. Hormone, whatever. Hormone.
5: That combined with, it
3: was only, we were only there like an hour.
5: And you were so... You couldn't see straight. You didn't know where you were. You were. We carried you out.
3: Well, no. I think Jeremy Renner and no. Chris Evans. And Sandy
5: Bullock and I carried you out. Came
3: and got you guys. And they're like, Chelsea's outside. <laughs> I guess I was leaning against her. It was really bad. I don't remember. I remember waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning in my bunk beds and calling. I was like, not even in my big girl room. And I called Mary. I'm like, what the fuck? And big you're like, girl. oh, sweetie, that was bad. It was you're like, do you remember and anything? And public,
5: so public, like bright lights. And yeah. Every agent, every person in the industry is the CAA Oscar party, I think. Yeah, oh, but you know what? Wreck. There
3: is a feeling about like that having it happen there versus like a family affair. Would it, I prefer because everyone in Hollywood, like not everybody, but there's enough people that make asses out of themselves that there's a new story every week. Like I would be more humiliated awesome. if that happened at like, you know, my dad's funeral because then that would mean I'm like off the rails or something like for some reason the context of it it it's not good. So anyway, let's hey, How on. long ago was that? It's Tuesday. No,
5: I would say three was it about 3 years, 4 years ago? It was longer than that.
3: Really? Yeah, that was like 5 years ago probably. Huh. She once caught me stealing candy at one of her daughter's swim meets, but that uh, wasn't but you were bad. Stealing it that for was them. for them. Yeah. That I was, was
5: sweet. That's not bad. No. Uh... I'm don't know. i trying to think of like an actual event.
4: Well, I we mean, don't have, to do have. Do you have? Do do you have a memory that comes to mind when you're asking her? If, like, do you? Yeah, had, do you call. have something where you're like, "Oh, this is the worst thing I've done or I do. done that to somebody"? That party or... was
3: what I just thought of. I mean, in terms of character, like doing something bad. I don't know. Like my bad is impulse. Like when I think about something, I wouldn't. You know what I mean? So like anything I've done has always been like like I don't know.
4: When, and when you think of yourself doing something bad, do you think of it in terms of, like, to yourself or, like, something that you've done that didn't affect That's anyone? That's bad to
3: someone else. That's like, bad, okay. bad behavior, not, like, mean-spirited behavior. Would
4: you have known that before? Are
3: you where are your hands, Brandon. Keep them where do I you, can see them, please.
4: Would you have been able to recall that before therapy or only now that you're trying to work on the empathy part? Not just, like, oh, I feel bad for this person, but, like, really how that person must have felt? Yeah,
5: remember how you said that thing to that girl at that party? She had on a pink dress. No, well And you said something like... Oh that's like um I like your dress and I was like oh. right away I get nervous cuz I knew you don't like it. So right away my blood runs cold like I know the rest is coming. And she was like, "Oh, thanks." And she knew you she knew each other when you were young or whatever. And then she you said something like, "Yeah, it's like summer horror" or something and then just walked away. And I know her, so I was left like and she went, "God, that's so mean, huh?" And I was like, She's just trying to be funny. It's just her being funny. You know, she just likes to make a joke and walk away. And she just was like,
3: "Mm." oh, that's so mean. That's mean. You don't do that now. I I mean, I yes. (laughs) No, it is. You know know what's sad though? Because I I, I
4: know it is, but like I laugh at it. People listening to this are going to laugh at that because it's like it's like we know that brand of humor (laughs) associated with her. Whereas, like when we really think about it and know what type of person she is, like that's not nice.
5: Well, to the person, it's not nice. Meaning, if she says it to me, this listen, I'm not. I mean, I love all that about her too. It's like that's the fun stuff, Right. right? I mean, her point of view, her angry point of view. That's why we sign up for her.
4: Every day I but come to work, just hoping for it. You rarely
5: do it to There's been some. You wouldn't do that now, ever. No,
3: I would not only to d- the person's face. not and if I did it, it would be somebody who knew me right. that I was friends with. I wouldn't right. do it. Like I, I don't lo- any longer expect people to understand my personality.
4: Well, you're, you're both <laughs> or very. That,
3: everything's a joke. Like I, that's not their problem. That's my problem.
4: Well, okay, so, but you're both very funny, and you kind of have the same sense of humor.
3: Yeah, we have a mean sense of humor.
4: I tr- we try not to be. Do you try to keep each other like checked in that though? Because Mary, you're you are kind of vocal, or like you have looks for each other that you're like no, like yeah. But I mean, that. I I, I
5: I think I have a mean sense of humor, but I'm not mean to people. Right.
3: Do you know what I mean?
5: Yeah. Because no. there is a
3: line. I think that now I just keep you know I try and keep more thoughts to myself. <laughs>
4: you, just, just <laughs> Do you both think that's better that people have been more thoughtful that way? Because like. I've talked to people and I think it's too, they've gone too far one way. And now nothing's funny anymore. You can't joke about anything. Like, I think I was talking to Chelsea about Family Guys not doing any gay jokes anymore, which I think are some of the funniest ones on the show. It's been around for, I think, like 17 seasons, and they're just taking them out completely.
5: I don't know. It's a hard I think, debate. Thought.
3: I think that like it's good for us to challenge ourselves to get, get yeah. humor in different ways. It's I think. interesting
5: to hear you say that, though, as a gay man, because I always, whenever I hear white men, comp- the only ones really complaining about things not being funny anymore are white guys, right? in my experience. So it's interesting to hear you say that, because while you're a white guy, you're a gay white guy. But mostly, I only hear straight white guys going like, yeah, it's just nothing's funny anymore. It's like, yeah, you know what? You'll figure it out. We're still laughing. Right. Like, we're, we're all still <laughs> laughing. You know, people of color are still finding things funny. It's so I don't know, but it that's why that's interesting to hear your point of view on that. But I think um I think there's still a lot to laugh at
3: without, you know
4: poking we, fun at someone.
3: Yeah. Like I don't do know. you know it's a fine line. I think it's all and it's all kind of interrelated with, you know, I think for instance, Brendan, I'm curious to see are were you as surprised like the Me Too movement and all of the people that I know Mary probably wasn't as surprised as I was about how rampant it was. Because Mary's been, like, singing that song for a while that it's a man's world and, like, women are not respected. And I'm always, like, living in this, like, butterfly rarefied existence where just everything was going great for me. So I assumed that not to be the case because I was looking at my own experience rather than other people's. But as a gay man, were you as surprised to hear how rampant this kind of abuse of power and sexual abuse was?
4: Not at all. Not at all. No. I. But to me... Like, I'm from the Midwest, you see it from the outside, and it's all very sparkly and exciting. And I think a lot of those stories are these people coming here, again, with that kind of allure of like, oh, my God, this is what the opportunities are going to be if I do this thing. But I still think that there's a sense for anyone, and I'm sure people will not like this, but it's like, if you're going to a hotel room for a meeting, like, but we're thoughtful about this with you, like, you don't take meetings in your hotel room. Whereas I always thought, like, you would know right or wrong. Like, you would know, like, don't take this meeting in the hotel room. But some people really, I think, just come into it thinking, like, this person is looking out for me. They have my best interests at heart. Like, why should this be weird? I'm not going to make it weird. And now you have all these women. So I think that's what was more surprising was that the context that we're finding out these things happened or that, like, I really did not expect this. And I think other people have said, like, you kind of know what you're going to get if you do those things. But – I think I knew that there were things going on, but maybe not in the way they were happening.
3: Did you ever get sexually assaulted by somebody at work, Mary? Um, or did you feel sexually yes. uncomfortable? Yes. Oh, yeah. And I've
5: also, yes. I've been beatu'd. Really? Yeah, for sure. I had a guy, yes,
3: yeah. And you would also argue that I have too and just don't recall it, right?
5: Yeah, or laughed it off or, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, been drunk but and I, not But I, I have an interesting relationship to this too because on the one hand, I feel like most women my age spent decades, you know, trying to keep their job and not fuck the guy, right? Like that's how we – or laugh at enough jokes that he feels flattered, but not just that one – That you don't want to laugh at too many because then he's going to want to see you naked, right? So it's that fine line. We, I mean women my age spent – and I think young women are not suffering from that now, which is fantastic. I have three daughters, so I want all this change. I do have a little bit of like an irrational part of my brain sometimes that goes like, God – complaining about that? Like, which is so messed up because I want all the complaining is good and all this change is, oh my God, long overdue and for the best. But I do have this weird, it's like, it's like people who've been through it, women my age must be like, oh fuck, we were all, we did that. Like we managed, I found a way out of that room or that situation or that, but I shouldn't have to find a way out of that hotel room. I shouldn't have to find a way to try to keep my job And not fuck that guy or, you know, I shouldn't have to not get the job because I didn't fuck that guy. Right. Mm -hmm. So and I hope from and I think through all of this and even though there's painful moments and sometimes we're going to overcorrect and go too far. And, you know, it feels like we're losing the ability to make jokes or whatever. I think through all of this, I'll have three daughters who don't who can actually have a meeting in a hotel room. Right. They should be able to have a meeting in a hotel room, I would argue.
4: And not worry. And not fucking worry. Right. Men
5: should fucking be able to have a hotel, hotel room meeting as well and not assault and not just take everything all the time.
3: Yeah, yeah. it sounds like there's going to be a whole new generation of men who really are fucking walking on eggshells. Yeah, well, for right now, and they're they really pissed be.
5: off. I mean, I think men are to really confused. I hear
3: it all the time. White men are going,
5: oh, God, you can't say anything anymore. Yes, you can. There's a lot you can say. You just can't. It's, it feels like the end of a party for them because it is the end of a party for them. That's why it feels sad. They're sad. They're going to mourn this 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 world they lived in because it was a world where they got to eat whatever they want, take whatever they want, fuck whatever they want. They wear sandals. Right. I mean they show their feet and they sit on subway cars with their legs spread open. Take up three seats, you fat fuck. That party's done. Women have had it. It's over. And so yeah, I understand why they're pissed.
4: Well, they, it's like you say in your book, you can either get on board or you're going to miss the train. Like, right. If, if and you're so they're going to be angry it. and
5: it doesn't matter. Young women don't care. I did this movie recently with a bunch of young women and I was the only woman my age. And we were driving in a van from base camp to set. And the transpo guy, the guy driving the van, we were in sort of stop and go traffic. But the transpo driver, and I've never seen this, they're usually really, really professional, but he was showing pictures on his phone to the guy in the passenger seat. And I was in the back row of the van, like, looking at it, like, oh, God, oh, my God, what the fuck, why is he doing that? And this young actress in front of me just, like, was in the middle of a conversation with another young actress, and she literally just went like this, hey, pal, get off your phone, what are you doing? And then she just went back to talking to her friend, and I was, like, instantly, through my body, I felt relief that she'd said it, and shame that she'd said it. Like, I was, like, wanting to apologize to that guy, because I felt like he'd be embarrassed, because it was a, you know, a big van full of people. And I thought, this is so interesting— She felt not only did she not feel embarrassed, she felt completely happy speaking up for her safety and then went right back into her conversation. She didn't like had I done the exact same thing, had I found the courage to do it, which is so stupid, I would have said this. Hey, I'm so sorry. I was in an accident a few years ago, and so I'm a little bit crazy about like uh, traffic and safety. And See, If it's not too much trouble, do you mind putting away your phone? I'm so sorry. Yeah, but isn't that what that's how I would have
4: done that? Isn't that what we're trying to get away from? Like a woman feeling they need to right. Apologize? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh,
5: no, that's exactly my point. My point is, hats off to that girl in front of me. That's that's generational, and so I hope my daughter never. I hope my daughters never feel that way about speaking up for their own safety. Or and I hope they live in a world where they don't have to laugh at bad jokes just to make some guy feel, validated. You know, yeah, like you want to fuck him if only you didn't have a boyfriend. <laughs> you
3: know how many times I've said that. The party's over. It is amazing what men think that they can do and get away with with well, because no Because they regard. have. Because
5: they have gotten Because away. they because have. we have a guy in the White House who, who brags about sexual assault and what, is the leader of the free you world. You know so nice why shouldn't see, they think that?
4: I think, like, as a man, is the type of men who come out in support of women and, like, or or take responsibility for, like, oh, yeah, I've definitely done, like, gross dude things. Like, it, I think maybe Ben Affleck was one when he slapped that woman's ass at a party and came out and was like, I'm so sorry for, like, the way I behaved. But, like, I'm I'm growing. Like, I'm working on it as a person. And I think we we criticize them still because it's like you should know better. But these men who have really come out in yeah, support of in and support women and for women, like that. and that they're like, you know what, I made mistakes. Like yeah. I'm really not proud. Yeah, we, of that. we can't
5: change overnight. I, I think that's great. I mean, I have a friend who mansplained me so hardcore recently. Like I said something about I don't know, one of the a politician or something, and then he literally said it back to me. Didn't even really. Sometimes mansplainers will change a word or two to make it sound like it's their idea. But he obviously just liked the idea and then repeated it back word for word. And I was like. I just, I have to say something. I was like, I can't, you can't just repeat back the thing I just said to you Mm -hmm. without even dressing it up as like your idea. Like you just completely mansplained me in the most aggressive way. I can't, and I have to tell you as a friend that that's what you did. And he went, I don't mansplain. Like, and I went, "Mm." and then he went, I didn't mean to. And I thought, all right, that we can work with. I mean, listen, I didn't even know that term before. I just knew I lived in a world where men always taught me things I already knew, but now we know that word and we can identify it. And thats it's going to be uncomfortable for a little while, right? That I think that's a growth moment. And that made me love that guy.
4: Well, I think that there's a lot of – you have that, especially in entertainment, from what I've seen, is that people don't know what they're doing can seem condescending or rude. Because I think some people are just trying to be friendly or give you the information. What this guy was doing was obvious. Or it's a
3: habit that's been created yeah. over right. time and over time. And they don't know yeah. the difference because it's like a fish in water they don't know that they're doing it.
4: But, like, this guy taking the couple of seconds to reflect on yeah, what yeah. he had done being like, oh, yeah, I, didn't I did actually to. do that? I
5: didn't mean to. Yeah, it's a nice – it's like
4: – It's those little, you yeah. know, growth. I mean, like I knew him well, so
5: I felt comfortable saying it, but, you know.
4: But you don't have to worry. Yeah, but I
5: think it's Mary. so good you that you it. said it. You yeah, know? it's big for me because I, I'll tell you that van story. When I got off the van, that young woman just went into set and did her lines and was thinking about her work. And I got off the van and did 10 minutes with the driver like, hey, not a big deal. I think, you know, some people – Anyway, you know, I mean, literally undermined oh, everything God. she did. I hated myself for. I'm telling that may be my most embarrassing. Would, thing. I'm proud you, of the therm- pooping in the thermos. This I'm not proud of.
4: Would you do that if it were a woman driver?
5: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So
4: maybe it's not as sex related as no. you're just worried about people's feelings.
5: Yes, but it's gender. It's it's That's generational. True. the The issue is not about him. Well, although maybe I was more sensitive because he was a man. I, I think I was. Meaning, yeah, I, I would say- I, I watched a man be dressed down by a young woman, and mm-hmm. for me. It, it, as a 50-year-old woman and I, how I was raised in the world I was raised in, I was like, "Oh God, he's going to feel super emasculated. That's not safe. I don't like when men feel emasculated. Let me make this better.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Instead of just, how about he doesn't fucking get on his phone? Yeah, when he's driving a group of people. Right, right. I know that to be true in that consciousness. No, I know. Head. It's interesting that you were able to pick up that you stuff. did that
3: like, and reflect on it so quickly after the... the... I think about that van right a lot. Oh, well, yeah, I guess Because you know. I also
5: have three daughters, so I think like I want them to live in a world... I bump into furniture and apologize. I mean, women have a lot of, we have a hard time uh, taking up space and, 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 and demanding what's ours. Oh, but I, ho- I so see younger year. women not having as much trouble with that, and it's a real positive change.
3: Okay, well, this sounds like a good time to take a break.
1: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs>
2: find your perfect home sweet home.
3: Okay, Brandon, I see you whipped up some questions here, so we'll try and just entertain you with them. Oh, you wrote these?
4: No, I don't know where these came from. but Probably Mabel, the cleaning lady, for all we (laughs) fucking
3: know. Um, What do you think my cause of death will be? This is for both of you. Old age. Yeah,
4: agreed. (laughs)
3: If I didn't have assistants, managers, cleaning ladies, or any staff at all, how long do you think I
5: would survive? Not long. <laughs> Not long. You can't do a podcast without an assistant. <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake.
3: Brandon What how... is that
5: stupid book you gave me recently? Essentialism. essentialism. Yeah, fuck you. I was like literally I here it is. Do you know what Essentialism is? The gist of the book? Like, do less. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to do less, you fucking asshole. You have to. No, I need my bell. The... You give me my bell, Brandon. Tanner.
3: Who's Tanner? your house?
5: Who's your house guy now?
3: You give me those What's guys, and then I'll read do? essentialism. Willie, so suck on that
5: <sighs> essentialism.
3: Essentialism is good. You yeah, I would be, love to do that. I would love to do you're less. Being closed-minded, you oh can do less better. You just know your audience. Just when you know give that them a book. you do, just know that you do too much. You don't have I, to do everything you do. You uh, don't have to. Okay. But for you to say that, you're crazy. I have three lives who depend on me to do everything I do. I have 15 people who depend on me, too. They're not my children, but they depend on me. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Yeah, let's. I mean, no one takes me seriously as a Bernice. Are you listening to this? She doesn't even know I'm her mother. (sighs) Okay, what is something you've seen me do that you would categorize as not normal? Hmm. Brandon?
2: I
4: mean, uh I mean, I appreciate this about you, but like diagnosing other people and then giving them pills.
5: Oh, yeah. No, antibiotics. Yeah, but I antibiotics love, love antibiotics. Oh, okay. You love
4: a, a pack, which yeah. you're she not will supposed give to anyone, do. But be careful, oh.
5: everybody in here, because you will be on a pack before the day is
3: out. Uh, but I also give you medication that you need. You know, when you go on a trip and you need Xanax, yeah. I supply that or Sonata yeah. or whatever else. You know, I'm always – I lo- yeah, love you're to share. you like a pharmacy. Yeah, I know what people need. What kind of guy would you want me to settle down with? I mean, Brandon thinks it's me.
4: Basically. So a male version of I think someone
5: who reads a lot, someone who skis really well, someone who I think most of all has to be really inquisitive. Like I think your ideal partner would be some – don't say partner, but your ideal person would be someone that you could like travel all over the world and – just get into trouble, like go on adventures with someone really inquisitive. I think that's
3: right, Brandon. Wouldn't you second that emotion?
5: And,
4: yeah, non-industry. They have like a job yeah. separate of entertainment. Yeah, skier. Pro- pro- skier. Yeah, skier. skier. Probably did, does not live in the same city as you.
5: Yeah, I don't that's know. A, that I hope not. I, I hope that's not. The well, end he can game. visit LA. He no, just I think
3: ultimately you're going to be right. Okay, with sure. Someone that's that makes sense. It
5: would be hopefully someone who gets like who really just loves you for you. You know.
3: Right. That you don't have to change for. I no, think that's the key. No, I don't think so. I don't think I can change. I just already changed so much. Where yeah, would I j- I'd have to go back to the other person. Right. How many more versions of me that can there be? No,
5: this is it. I want to settle into this one because she's nicer and I do less apologizing.
3: So the reason why I wanted to do this, Mary, thank you for accommodating my wishes. Happy to be here.
5: This book is as funny as all your other books and then has all this other – it breaks your heart as well. I mean it's really – I mean I've talked to so many people who are like in tears reading it. And then feel sort of healed after,
3: you know. I know. It's amazing that people would have that reaction. Because I I
5: think a lot of people have similar experiences. You know, we sort of think we bury something really sad or we bury our weakness and our sadness and our vulnerability and we turn it into anger. Right. Uh And that's and I think everyone can relate to that. So there's something really cathartic for people when they read it. But it is also really, really funny. So I think it's that you're calling it the sit down tour is one of my favorite things.
3: And also, luckily, I read that book that um, you so aptly described, Essentialism, which explained to me to do less better, which is a book about... Saying no to more things and doing fewer things. And yes. my lesson in this book and writing this book was that this is the one thing. I mean, I know I did a documentary. And I was like campaigning, Brandon, whatever you were talking about. I'm sorry if you're, we're boring you right now. I know. Um, he's on Tinder. I, is that this is the first time I'm able to focus on a book tour, to go on a tour and to be present. That's my new thing is to be present with every engagement with every person all day long and not be distracted by bullshit or Uh, You know, and and so I'm going to do that tour in that vein and like really try and enjoy every moment instead of being angry at my success. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There you go. Anyway, this has been an emotional morning, you guys. I want to thank you all for being here. (laughs) It was fun. All two of you. Yeah, Yeah. and now the world knows my secrets. And you're going to be interviewing me in Phoenix, Arizona? Yes. Yes, which is May 31st. Mary will be interviewing me in Phoenix, and you can get tickets to that at ChelseaHandler.com or LiveNation.com. That's going to happen. And then we'll continue. And then, Mary, you'll just have to pop in whenever we need to do a podcast.
5: I'll just poop in some more thermoses so I have more to talk about.
3: Yes, please bring your thermos next time. Thank you. Life Will Be the Death of Me is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: It's June 30th, 2024.